So, welcome to a new edition of You Are My Borough with myself, Scott Wilson from the Northern Echo and Dom Shaw. Hiya, Dom. Hiya, Scott. How are you doing? I'm all right, but unfortunately, um, it's not a celebration of everything that happened at the weekend for the first first time in what seems like a long time. Um, It's a case of sifting through the wreckage, really. So, we're going to do that and obviously have a look at what happened at Huddersfield. Um, Neil Warnock, obviously coming away with a massive grin on his face. Michael Carrick, not so much. We'll have a chat about that. Um, we'll look at where that leaves Borough in terms of the league position now, and then we'll obviously have a an early look ahead to the Easter doubleheader, um, which is looming large. So thanks for joining us again here on YouTube or on the podcast. Um, if you're listening on Spotify or Amazon or any of the other places, like, subscribe, send us in any of your comments, tweet us with any questions uh, or any thoughts on guests that you'd like to see. Um, but I can't put it off much longer, Dom. We're going to have to talk about the John Smith Stadium. Now, half-time, 1-0, everything right as rain. It looked like a pretty routine, here we go, another wing chalked off, another one nearer. Um, at that time, obviously, Sheffield United weren't winning either. And then in the second half, the wheels well and truly came off. So, I mean, what did you make of it, first of all? Because it's the first time under Carrick that we've had that real kind of implosion, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, it was it, it kind of still stunned by it now, really. What forty eight hours mm. on or whatever it is. Um, it like you said, there no nobody saw it coming. Um, you, we knew what we were going to get from Huddersfield. They were going to sit deep and, and try and soak it up and invite Borough to just pick them off. Or, sorry, to try and break them down and then yeah. Huddersfield to try and pick Borough off if they could. On any on any form of counter on any sort of counter attack, I think Borough had seventy six percent of possession. Finally, forced the way through with a with a brilliant goal, and then you think, you know, if somebody had said to you then there was going to be five goals in the second half, you yeah, there was every chance you'd have thought, well, Borough are going to get them all. Yeah, you really yeah. fancy Borough to kick on because you'd seen what Coventry had done at Huddersfield when they put four past them, um, and. The second half was just, a, a, like you say there, a complete capitulation, really, and really out of character. And it, yes. it struck me. I, I was kind of sat there watching it, and we were shaking our heads in the press box and kind of taken aback at what we were watching. And it, it struck me that the players were feeling the same way. Um, yeah. I, I just think they never recovered from the equaliser 22 seconds in, you know, whatever it was, eight minutes later, seven minutes later, the 2-1 down. And, and then before you know it, Huddersfield have the tails up and... and a team that we didn't see in the first half suddenly found themselves running in four goals. I think, I think, did I see something like that? That, that was 11% of their goals for the season. There's a lot to, um, you know, there's a lot to sift through for it. I, I guess the fundamental question and the big one that I think Borough fans have kind of been asking over the weekend is, look, is this just a complete one-off? And let's be honest, you do, you get them at every level of football, but you certainly get them in the championship. Is it just a case of a mad 20 minutes, let's just draw a line under it, forget it, or bearing in mind that we're, you know, we're going to have kind of winner-takes-all playoff games around the corner potentially now. Is, are, are there more worrying signs that, that we have to start taking, taking kind of notice of? Where would you be on that one? Carrick said afterwards he he, he was struggling to rationalise it at, at, at that moment, and he, and he said it's kind of hard to understand. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, 
it's one of them where th there will obviously be analysis and you obviously have to look at the goals because the goals were dreadful and they were all avoidable. Yeah. And, and that kind of flurry of soft goals was a throwback. That that was what Borough yeah. were doing every week under Chris Wilder, weren't it? It, it was, wasn't it? First third goals. of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that was the team. So, so you can't ignore those goals and 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 the, the manner of the goals and what led to them. But I, I do think there's an element of let's draw a line under it and and move on. I don't think there'll be kind of a mass inquest at Rockcliffe this week or anything yeah. like that. Now, that's not to say that Burrell uh, and Carrick and the coaching team will will, will will put their head in the sand and ignore the issues that were there, but. These aren't issues that we're seeing every week. Are no, they? Um, no, definitely not. Maybe similar to West Brom when, when DK bullied them and, and got a couple of yes. goals early on. Um, but in the first half, there was no sign of it. Huddersfield had one cleared off the line early on. But other than that, there was no sign of what was to come. Um, I, I do wonder, and, and you know, hopefully we're not sitting here in three or four weeks' time with one or two more of these. But mm. I do think it might well just have been one of those those freaks. That, like freak you say, the two happen, don't they? they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I mean, another another point of it that we can't ignore, I mean, is any of this the Neil Warnock factor? Is any of it down with the fact that he was the man in the opposite dugout and, and kind of, you know, knew how to get his side back into the game against Borough? Or, or, or again, are we kind of scratching for explanations there that don't really exist? Well, he said he said he sensed a bit of overconfidence in Borough. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at that thing and I don't think Carrick will agree because there's been no yeah. signs of complacency. No. Um, but but will Borough have gone in at one nil up, given how they've like choked the life out of teams really when they've been ahead and the, the game management's been very good. Well, the, I, I don't think Borough will have been expecting two Huddersfield goals in ten minutes. But then, when that comes, um, Borough have been good at responding to in-game setbacks, haven't they? Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. Yeah. Um, I mean, what we laugh at it because Warnock said that he put he, he got Danny Ward to man mark. Paddy McNair, and, and I'm sat there thinking, well, this is the first time I've ever heard a manager say he got a centre-forward to man-mark centre-half, yeah. But then I thought about it, and I thought in the first half, I'd actually written that Lenahan was almost playing as a third midfielder yeah. because Huddersfield was sitting that deep. And Warnock clearly knew that was coming and clearly thought, well, if one of the defenders is going to march out of the fence with the ball, I'd rather it be Dan Lennon yeah. than Paddy McNair, who he claims is the best footballer he's ever managed. So, yeah. I, you know, I... Um, but that said, Borough still got their noses in front. Um, McNair had a rough second half. Tommy Smith had a rough second half. Mm. Johnny Housen, by his you know incredibly high standards, had a difficult second half. It was just one of them where yeah. they, were, they, were, they were poor across the board. And I do think Warnock, you know, I, I don't think you can ignore the fact that Warnock had his players um, come racing out the blocks after the break. And, yeah, and, start and out. yeah, credit to him. And that place was bouncing at the end and, and he was last off the pitch. Um, yeah. and as his, you can imagine, his, his press conference was 16 minutes of gold, as you can well imagine. <laughs> he, he made it clear that Chris Wilder isn't his best friend ahead of Friday. Yes, I've, I've seen those quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen um, those quotes. That's going to be lively this weekend, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen Eddie Hearn put worse on box office <laughs> to be fair than, than them two. So, yeah, yeah. that'll be, yeah, that'll be tasty. Um, so, so, if we are kind of saying, look, hopefully this is a one off, yes, 
analyse the goals, etc. But no knee-jerk reactions. I mean, how do you think that that will play out in terms of team for Friday then? Because we'll look at Friday a little bit later on and we'll obviously have a good look at it at the end of the week. But they're playing Burnley. I, I was actually at Burnley on Friday night watching Sunderland. And while Burnley didn't really click into top gear and Sunderland did very well defensively against them, you could see just from the ease in possession with Burnley, why they are where they are. So this is Borough's toughest home game of the season. There's no doubt about that. I mean, how do you think Carrick's going to play that then, coming into it off, off the back of such a shock defeat? You know, will will he, will he kind of turn the apple cart upside down or, or, or not? I, I think I think he'll bring Dale Fry back in for McNair, just because I think yeah. McNair had a difficult afternoon. Yeah. Um, and I think he'll bring McGree back in. Probably for Ramsey. McGree um, yeah. only missed out because he'd been ill, hadn't he, while he was away? Yeah. And, and, been the other um, side of the world, hadn't he? Yeah. I mean, having watched, having watched Burnley, what do you think? Is there anything there that kind of looks ready-made to try and contain them or to try and take advantage of them? What, what? I thought that some. My my view of Burnley on Friday night was they looked like a team just feeling their way back into it after an international break. Um, you know when, and we're not talking the same levels here, but I often, quite often think that your Man Cities, your Liverpools, when they were flying, that one of the best times to get them was straight after an international break because they've kind of thrown the team together a bit. They've got players who have been here, there and everywhere. They're just not quite on it. That was it with Burnley. They, they dominated possession, played it around at the back as if the cows were coming home, you know, never looked on under any pressure, more than happy doing that. But just in the final third, those little slide rule passes didn't quite come off. The little layoffs just weren't quite there. Um, and as I say, Sunderland threw bodies on the line. They did really well. But um, it's going to be interesting, on I think, on Friday in that you've probably got the two sides in the championship who both want to dominate possession and like to have the ball and like to be on the front foot and like to play it around. And how that plays out. If I'd be surprised for all that they've been really good, having watched the how comfortable Burnley were with the ball, if Borough have more than 50% possession on Friday. Right. I think Burnley, even as the away side, will probably have most of the ball. And it'll be interesting to see how Borough set up against that, I think. I think that's part, I know we'll talk about this later in the week, but that that's part of the incredible job. Vincent Company's done there because he's completely transformed the way they play so quickly, yeah. hasn't he? Like the Burnley, exactly. the Burnley way was a thing, really, wasn't it? Yeah, and, yeah. Um... and, and, and you know, he's, he's obviously brought in a fair chunk of players, some of whom we spent an awful lot of money on, but there are still, you know, I mean, Brownhill played in the in the week, um, Roberts played, uh, you know, Ashley Barnes obviously still there doing what he does. There is still the remnants of some of that squad, and yet. Yeah, he's got them to buy into the new way that he wants to do things so quickly and so effectively. Um, I do think a team playing against a team that play football will benefit Borough. Suits Borough, yeah, I think yeah. so. Huddersfield yeah. had no intention, you know. You know, that's not that's not a, that's not a criticism. Warnock no. playing the strength and Christ Almighty gets seven points out of Norwich, Millwall, and Borough. They, they've got to stay up now. You would think just with that yeah, momentum so. and that. And, and Burnley gave Sunderland chances, to be fair. I mean, Sunderland hit the bar. Um, they had another couple of decent opportunities. Burnley will come on Friday and their their main focus will be, how do we attack? How do we hurt Borough? It won't be, how do we shut up shop and keep Borough out? So, mm. you're right. I think there will be opportunities for Borough. So, I think that probably more than ever dictates that, that Carrick will keep things pretty much as they've been up front because 
creating chances isn't a problem for Borough and wasn't even a problem for Borough massively on Saturday, was it, at Huddersfield? It was obviously that 20 minutes at the other end. I think two things that came out of it and, and, and are obviously kind of lost because of what happened in the second half is, like, Tuba scored again. Yeah. It's just... It's just you just incredible. get him. You're 25. Really he's going to get yeah. 30, isn't he? He, he, he yeah. will get 30. He, 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 as long as he stays fit, he will, yeah. And 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 Marcus Force, that was his 10th of the season. Now, yeah. that was Matt Crooks was top scorer of a 10 last season. Yeah. You, you know, you look back to the start of the season, I had a look and Marcus Force had started three league games before Carrick was appointed. He'd had, he'd had Chris Wilder describing him as a, as a development striker. A development player. striker, yeah. For all, for all the talk has been on, and I remember, I'm going to ask Michael Carey about this his press conference this week. For, for all the talk has been on, like is what he's done with Tuba Akpom, I think you know, if not as impressive, it's still mm. enormously impressive how 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 he's got Force playing. Because Force I remember chipping, when he yeah. when he put Force on the right side of Blackburn for 20 minutes, I thought yeah. this is not going to work. Yeah, and then here we are, what three months on or whatever, four months on. Um, yeah. And 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 he looks he looks a, a perfect fit down that side. Well, it's the, it's, the, it's the the interesting thing is that you know Chris Wilder was constantly telling us we don't have a striker, we don't have a striker. And in fairness, he was probably right. But what he then needed to do was not try and play them as strikers because what Carrick's done is, you know, Akpom, ten force wide on the right. Now obviously it's helped him that in January they've gone and got Archer, so he has actually got someone to play in that central area. And Wilder, in fairness, was probably having to do that with Muniz, wasn't he? Um, but, you know, he didn't try Tuba in any position other than a number nine. And he didn't really try Force in any other position than a number nine. So if you're complaining that they're not number nines, well, maybe the answer, as Carrick has found, is to stop playing them there and play them somewhere else. And that's it. You know, like you say there, the kind of complaints at the start of the season is we haven't got a striker. Well, in them two alone, in Akpom and Forcelone, you've got 35 league goals. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, is quite staggering, really. But obviously that gets lost on Saturday because of kind of what happened at the other end. Um, yes. yes. And it probably, probably is the end of the top two, although we've said that before. Well, I was we? just going to get to that. Let's, um, yeah. it's every week, so we can't have a, have a, a, a pod or a video without trotting out the Sheffield United uh, situation. And like I say, at half time, it's one point, it, wasn't it? Yeah, you felt that, okay, this is the swing. This is the swing. If Norwich can get one and Borough hold on, then it really is all systems go. Now, all of a sudden, Sheffield United, 73 points. Middlesbrough 67, Sheffield United 8 to play, Borough 7 to play. It feels like a really big ask all of a sudden, doesn't it? I mean, their, their game in hand is against Huddersfield, isn't it? Um, yes. And, and Warnock told Carrick before the game and the press afterwards that he'll be doing everything in his power to to um, get to do Borough yeah. favour there. That's even though the Sheffield United fans were singing 1 0 Warnock, were they? Did you see that in the second no, half? No, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, second half in Carroll Road. I'm reliably informed that there was at least two choruses of there's only one Neil Warnock from the Sheffield United <laughs> fans. I um now now the thing there is it, it's in the last week of the season that isn't it? Um yeah, I think, off the top of my head. I think that's right, now, yeah. Now um you, you know, we don't know how it's gonna play. Huddersfield might be safe by then. They might not be, but they might mm. be safe the way they're going. Um I mean, the, the Cardiff still have a game in Amberham, so maybe that's a bit, a bit, um, a bit optimistic on Huddersfield's part. But, but there might be, and then suddenly there's not that urgency. Sheffield United might be up by then, but then yeah. you know you do think, don't you? 
They play Burnley, don't they? Sheffield United play Burnley next Monday. Uh, on, on Monday, yeah. On Monday, yeah. I think they've got Wigan on, on Friday. At the and minute, I think I'm right in saying that um, the, it depends a little bit, obviously, on what happens on Friday. But she, th there's a number of scenarios where Burnley can go up in that Sheffield yeah. United game. Can they not go up on Friday if Luton lose? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think they can. I think they can. Um, but but that 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 needs Luton to lose as well. Yeah. So you know, we we might well be sat here a week tomorrow um with the with the gap back to three points and suddenly you're saying um yeah. and suddenly you're saying, you know, you, it, it, it's it's the pressure's on Sheffield United again. So so I don't think it's over and done with, but it, it looks like a big ask now, doesn't yeah. it? And you you're probably looking at it, what, but I've got seven games left. Would, would they have to win them all? Or, or would six of them and draw one, maybe? It's, it's... I think they probably would. I think they probably would have to win it. Because even, even if Borough win them all now, then Sheffield United, obviously, can still lose three, three. couldn't they? Two, two, so two got, and a game in half. half. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it, it feels like a really, really big ass. So, I, I guess then the, you know, it's kind of like we've been talking about we need to make sure that the playoffs doesn't feel like a, a, a really bad fallback option and the Borough have to end the season with the same momentum that they've been showing. And, and I, you know, there's no reason why they shouldn't. But, um, again, I was just having a, 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 a um, talk about this over the weekend, actually. Having, having covered Sunderland in the playoffs on at least three occasions, I think, um, there was a couple of times with Sunderland in League One when it got to kind of this stage of the season. They were going to be in the playoffs. They couldn't go up automatic or it was very unlikely. They'd all, they were already in the playoffs. And, and on at least one occasion, uh, I think it was the Jack Ross season, it, he decided to kind of rest players and make changes and bring players. And, and their, moment, their, their kind of momentum just dropped off a cliff in that final month of the season. And they never really got it back through the playoffs. Um and I, I can't for one minute imagine Carrick will do that, you know, but it is going to be important now that, that Borough stay on the front foot, isn't it? Regardless of what happens in terms of top two. Yeah, 100%. And, and I think, you know, you look at Burnley on Friday, that, that's a tough game after mm. a defeat like that. But it's also a good game in that, like, you, you don't need any, you know, as if you needed yeah. any more motivation for a game yeah. like that. As we've been saying for weeks, there's going to be that real sense of a big of a big game there, isn't there? Um, yeah. Well, that looks after itself. Um, and then suddenly you are in that territory where last six games, where every game matters regardless, doesn't it? When, when To get over the line. I, I, I certainly don't think Carrick will do what Jack Ross has done there, do you? I don't think no. he'll... You know, he might, he might, he might give Barlasser a game in midfield. Yeah, as, might... as a kind of one-off, and and especially obviously they're playing Friday, Monday. Yeah, so that's they're, it. They're yeah. Playing, what Saturday, Friday, Monday, Saturday. So, so yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think regardless of the situation or whatever, at some point in that run of four games, any manager would look to make an odd change. You might get an odd injury along the way, and you know they'll have to be that kind of management, but. I think that whatever happens in terms of the top two being, you know, in or out, I think there'll be a determination to, to really make sure that if it is going to be the playoffs, that the Borough are going in with a kind of wind in their sails. Hundred percent, and and you know, the, the the message will still be. I know, I know, Carrick kind of public facing is one game at a time, isn't it? And we're not mm. looking ahead, but the message will still be behind closed doors, won't it? That we're not we're not giving up on this. As a, as a player, Carrick has as 
been on the receiving end when you think back to the Manchester City title win and being 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 the winner in in the most unlikely of title turnarounds, yeah. hasn't it? Um, yeah. So you know he'll be using all of his experience, and and I do think it helps Borough to have the perspective of where they've come from. Um, and I think there'll be that constant reminder that even if they miss out on the top two, look, we'd have all taken this. We'd have taken this, yeah. Start of the season, yeah. And, and it was interesting. Just Johnny Housen in, in Johnny Housen's interview with the club last week, which was which was really good. Housen said. Um, words to the effect of, you know, how much he was loving it and, and Carrick's changed things. And it was just a line that, you know, words to the effect of, let's be honest, we'd, we'd have all taken being in this position at the start yeah. of the season when it looked unlikely. So I, I do think that there is that that perspective. And I think the other yeah. thing is, um, I don't th- I think Borough look at every other team and, and fancy themselves against them in the playoffs. See, it, I, it's not like the it's not like it's one of them where you look and think, oh, we want to avoid so and Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. On the, with the table running along the bottom there, the, the team that interests me at the minute is Luton. Luton, yeah. Because they're the team that, they're, they're you know, they're unfashionable. Yes, they made the playoffs last season, but they weren't really anywhere in terms of people's predictions for promotion this time around. And yet, their level on points were now. Their momentum is every bit as good as Borough's in the last month or so. Um, and obviously, Borough have to go to Luton still, knowing that potentially that's a warm-up for a playoff semi-final or final just a few weeks later. I, I think I think they're an interesting team and that's a potentially interesting dynamic. 100%. And their gaffer will have enjoyed that win over uh, over Watford, won't he, on, mm. uh, at the weekend, considering what had yeah. gone on. I, 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 I was at a Tony Mowbray press conference before they, before Sunderland played Luton and Mowbray said that um, Luton kind of cleverly play up to this image of kind of yeah. little old Luton. Little little Luton. Yeah, yeah. But they were there last season. They've, they've got the experience now. It's it's not like it was last season where, the, where they are the surprise package. And I was, only, I was chatting to one of my mates earlier and I said then that we've said this for a few weeks now. When I look at the teams behind Bury, you look at like, Norwich and West Brom and probably think, oh, if they put put the put a run together. But but Luton and Millwall, the two teams that I look at and think they could be awkward in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, well, for both of them, and again, it, it, it's a bit played into the cliche here, but I think you'd rather play both of them in a final at Wembley yeah, than have to go that. to either Kenilworth Road or the Den for yeah. a semi-final on a night or potentially on a night sold out really tight, you know, loud home support, tight to the pitch. They'd be, a, you know, either of those games will be a real test of metal for Borough in a way that potentially playing Luton or Millwall at Wembley wouldn't be the same, would it? No, and and you compare that with, say, Blackburn, you know, no disrespect, because yeah. he's done an incredible job, but, you know, at Ewood Park never feels like the most no. intimidating place to go now, does it? No. Um, no. It'd be the same for Coventry if for they Coventry, were... Yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Like you look at Preston now in tenth, five points back. They they got that Muller in at Borough before the break. Won mm. well on Saturday. They'll still fancy it now, won't they? Yeah. It's, um, yeah. It's, it you know you, you you maybe kind of get a bit lost on you in that defeat, but Borough are still in an incredibly strong position when you look at that scrap going on behind, aren't they? It's yeah. Well, that's it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You know, far better to, to be here than than kind of like you say, scrambling around trying to force your way in. So. So to wrap it up then, I guess what we're saying is, look, you know, yes, bad day at the office, lessons to be learned defensively, but but let's get back 
back in the saddle and Burnley on Friday, you know, a, a great opportunity against the best side in the league to show what Borough are really made of. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, when you you asked, you spoke to Vincent Company, didn't you, on Friday yeah. about Michael Carrick? What what yeah. what was the feel from Company then? I mean, I know it was a week away at that point, but did yeah, it? Yeah, it was it was quite interesting. Um, I mean, it, it's an obvious parallel to draw, isn't it? Company and Carrick. One was Man City. One was yeah. Man United. I've done a bit about it for the in the paper tomorrow, actually. Um, you know, both obviously. Yes, Company's had a little bit of experience in Belgium. Carrick's had the little caretaker spell and the coaching spell, but to all intents and purposes, it, it, you know, well, it, it, clearly it's their first job in English football um, and they're at a pretty similar stage of their trajectory. And I think company acknowledged that and said, yeah, OK, I see that. I fully understand why people are going to lump us together. Um, and I've got, it, 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 he specifically said that um, even when Carrick was a player, you could see that he was a real thinker. He was someone who thought about the game. He was very intelligent. And, you know, he had a lot of respect for that as a player. And now he does as a manager. But I think what he was also trying to say was, well, yeah, but just because we're two young managers who've played at the highest level doesn't necessarily mean that we do the same things, we think the same things, we want the same things. You know, I think he was saying, I'm my own man, he's his own man. But there are obvious parallels there. And I, and I think even at this stage of of their um, respective managerial careers. I think there is a mutual respect for the job that they're doing with their respective clubs. I, you know, I, Michael Carrick presumably will get asked about it at his press conference later this week. And I'm pretty certain he'll, he'll say similar things that, you know. Um, and it was interesting, you talk about Tony Mowbray. I asked Tony Mowbray ahead of Sunderland's game at Burnley about company. And he was quick to throw Carrick in there as well and say, in both of those... I see managers who will manage at the highest level. Even now, I've seen enough of them to think that they've got what it takes to manage at the very highest level. Yeah, it's um, and and, and you can feel that buzz from the outside, can't you? I've read a few. I've read a few national newspaper. Can't get a bit more interested. Yeah. yeah, because because from the outside looking in, with both Company and Burnley and Carrick at Borough, there's a story there, isn't there? There's yeah. the, you know, yeah. there's big names, there's personality, especially with Borough given where they've come from this season and with it being Carrick's first job, um, the obvious Man United, Man United link. So I, I, I think there'll be, I think there'll be a bit of a buzz around the game on, on Friday mm. night in the build up to the game because. Yeah. And obviously there's, there's no, um, well, there, there, might, there might be a Premier League game. I don't know. I don't think there is actually, but the Premier League fixtures are Saturday. So it's the biggest game in the country really, isn't it? On, on Friday and, and obviously live on Sky, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, it should be interesting. Yeah. Um, just quickly before we wrap up, I got some feedback over the weekend, which, which I think was a compliment. Um, it was it was a it was a Neil Warnock. It was a a, a response to the Neil Warnock yeah. video. Uh, a press room colleague who won't be who won't be named said, oh, uh -huh. one, of my, "One of my mates messaged me and said oh, I watched that Warnock video with Scott and the bald guy." <laughs> I think that's I like a new that. name. I think instead of you are my, it's you are my borough with Scott and the ball. With Scott and the ball. Well, I'm in the office today. For the, it's the first time where we've got a uh, old northern Proper background. Like you yeah. say, it's a, it's an introduction for the Queen and Lady Di and 9/11 and goodness knows what else. So there we go. There we go. I'm not in the office, as you can, uh, as you yeah, can say. exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's why I have a shirt on. It's the one time I have to put a shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well listen thanks for watching uh, thanks for joining us as I say we will be doing a Burnley preview video towards the end of the week so if you've got any questions any thoughts um, anything at all 
drop them in the comments below the video um, or send if you're uh, listening on a podcast, then send us an email, send us a tweet, um, anyway to get us and we'll try and chat about anything you want. And as I say, we do have a couple more guests lined up for the next couple of weeks as well. So that will be good. But for now, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll speak before Good Friday. And thanks for watching. You are my borough.